I have visual aids for later. So what do you think about that opening? Oh Lord, you were really good to us in the past. You were wonderful to your people, you forgave them, your, your anger was taken away from them. What's the implication? This happened in the past. And the next line is, what have you done for me lately? Right. The Israelites are looking around and said, you know, I look back at over these mighty deeds you did for the people of Israel. You led them through the waters. You just, I mean, it was awesome. You kicked tail. And we were so grateful. And um, it seems to be in the past. What's going on? Oh, Lord God, that we love you so much. And the line is always, and when you do that again, we will be so grateful. Because that's going to be the day when faithfulness and righteousness shall kiss. And, and I did this backwards. Peace and what is that line? I get it wrong. It's in your look up the sermon title. This is why you should be a manuscript preacher and not do what I do, because then it's right in your manuscript and you just read it. That's right. Steadfast love and, and faithfulness will meet righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Part of the problem in our world is we look at the mighty deeds that God has done in history and we say... Where are you? We could use a little help right now. And then what happens when the innocent suffer? And if you don't think that the suffering of the innocent isn't at the core of who we are and what we do, then you have missed this whole thing. If you put yourself under the umbrella of God's love, why do terrible things happen? Why do... Why does God allow all of this stuff to just happen? People have written books about this. The book of Job was written about this. Whose fault is it really and would that you fell? You know what? If you hadn't been such a wicked woman younger in your life... God would keep you from falling now. You realize that. It's her fault. Or if we want to go back further, it probably was your parents' fault. <laughs> now that's something I can latch on to. I'm going to blame the old man and the old, you know, I don't want to say that. that. That sounded really bad. This is made very concrete for me this last week. We had a young... Um, young man in Laguna Beach. Uh, he goes to an alternative high school. He lives in Laguna Beach. His brothers and sisters go to Laguna Beach High School. And he saw the pain that everybody did in one another's lives. He was a sensitive soul. But he saw how cruel people can be. He knew 
how hard it was, and he couldn't deal with it. Sensitive people often can't. And so he turned to the one thing that would make the pain go away. He turned to drugs, and he turned to alcohol, and he got in fights with his family, and he came to hate God passionately. Because how could God not love the people that he loved with the passion that he did? How is this possible? One of the great paradoxes of faith, the hugest paradoxes of all, and, and uh, if you follow Richard Rohr uh, in his daily meditations, and this is from the Center of Action and Contemplation, and if you don't sign up for them, you get them every day, they're really wonderful. But James Finley wrote, um, God will protect you from nothing. but sustain you through everything. This is the paradox of mature faith. God will protect you from nothing and yet sustain you through everything. How can this be? This is a great paradox, and yet this is the sign of the cross. You got Jesus on the cross. God is with Jesus every moment of that journey. This is a horrible, 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 horrible journey. And to think that God is going to protect you from that happening, but will God get you through it? Yeah. This young man couldn't handle it and I was with the family for many, many hours at the hospital. And the father has been able to um, find immense, I don't want to say joy, in the loss of his son. But he's able to realize that God is there at work in what his son did in the community. The son hang out with the homeless in Heisler Park on a main beach. And he went down and, and some of the homeless that he just desperately wanted to stay away from. His son wanted, you know, he wanted his son to stay away from those terrible homeless people. And one of them said, can we pray together? Can we pray together. He didn't expect that. He didn't see that coming. And as he's learned the stories of what his son's life has meant, and, and we shared those stories at the hospital and, and his son passed um, late last week. He's seen the blessings of his son's life in a way that he never ever expected to ever expected to. If you can follow me through this, you're better than I because I'm not sure how this works, but I believe it does. I have a Lakota prayer pipe. I got this when I went to the Sundance Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. 
and the stem of the pipe represents the earth. It's the straight and narrow, if you've ever heard of that. It's in the Lakota, they would, they'd talk about the path of a true human being. And then the pipe bowl represents heaven. And it is only, and it is only when the two are joined, when righteousness and faithfulness kiss and meet. It is only when the two join that this pipe is sacred. And that's how it is smoked. And when, when you're not smoking it, you don't keep it joined together. You don't put it on your wall and have it look pretty because it's not meant to be that way. We live in a world where I look around and I see... We talked a little bit last week about Michael Brown and how people were upset about that. And then this week we had the, the man from New York City who was choked to death. It was caught on film. There was no question. The coroner uh, put it down as a homicide using an illegal chokehold and no indictment. And people are thinking, what do we need to do as people? What do we need to do to make this system work? It's not working. And if you only focus on the human part and the world part and the earthly part, you get so far, but nothing gets solved. And we see that. We see the people who all they want to do is they want to gather together. They, want to, they, they don't want God's presence. They don't want the presence of spirit. They just want human stuff, and they want to figure it out. And that's, you get so far, but you don't get peace. Righteous faithfulness and righteousness and peace, whatever, you know. I really must remember these words better. And then there's the other people who like, all we have to do is pray. All we need is heaven. All we are going to do is get on our knees and pray, and that helps. And that helps. It does help. But you don't have heaven and earth coming together. The psalmist is saying what God does and wants us to do is merge these two. What we do amongst ourselves must be merged with what God does from heaven. Until you smoke that pipe with heaven and earth joined, nothing good truly does come of it. You might feel better, it might make you feel better for a while, but you will, if you're on just on the human level, you're going to burn out. And if all you do is pray, you're going to think, why, God, aren't you fixing this? God will protect you from nothing and sustain you through everything. But that is a very mature place to be. And most of us don't get there. The psalmist is calling us to have heaven and earth come together to connect the pipe, and I'm going to connect the pipe so I'll smoke it later. The only thing I've ever smoked in my entire life, that's how uncool I truly am, is a peace pipe. 
But when our humanity meets divinity, we're holy and sacred. And here's the kick, the kicker. Anybody know what those two candles mean on the altar? The two candles on the outside, the two Christ candles, what they represent? I'll give you a clue. Nobody really knows. <laughs> they had two candles, and then the theologians had to say, well, what does that mean? So we gave it. But historically, what we've come to associate with them is the humanity and the divinity, the human and the divine. And we say about Jesus that Jesus was truly human and truly divine, and we are made in God's image. And so guess what, folks? You are fully human and fully divine as well. A young man who couldn't see how God could let the pain in this world, and he felt so much pain that he couldn't deal with it anymore. That's the reality we live in. This new Exodus movie, if I was an atheist, I would be making movies like this every day. Because when you turn Exodus into the Lord of the Rings, it feels really good. God's going to stomp on some people, and this is what God does, and then you look around the world and say, where is that God now? Where is that God now? I don't see 200-foot walls of water. I don't see plagues, and I don't see God just saying, you know what, if you step in my way, wow, what a fun time, what a fun dance we're going to have. It's not the world we live in. We know it's not the world we live in. And yet, when you're in the midst of it, and you're Sonny Bud, and Sonny Bud, I need to tell you right now, is, 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 is entered hospice. Sonny Bud is on the last journey of his life. But Sonny Bud knows, and June Bud know, knows, boy, this is a really good grammar day for me. I'm going to go back to school now. Who it is that gets them through. Who is it that sustains you through this? Are you going to blame God? Because God didn't miraculously make Sonny Bud lived to be the age of Methuselah, and who would want to be that old? Or do you thank God for the fact that God has gotten us through every moment of our lives? And then we don't have to blame Ann Wood for the fact that she lost her balance. We're going to blame your mom. Just kidding. We're not going to blame her either. We don't have to blame people. The Christian story is not an avoidance of pain. It's a where is God in the midst of the pain. And how does God see you through? And what does that mean? And I believe in cures. I believe in healing. I believe in all these things. And sometimes they happen and I can't explain them. But I also know that sometimes the miracle is just the peaceful transition. And Karen Brackenberry just going with a smile and a cross on the water. 
God carries us through. Didn't spare her from cancer, but sustained her every step of her journey with cancer. That's what the prayer pipe means for me. That's what the cross means to me. That's what the psalmist speaks to me. We need to organize here on earth. We need to invoke God to come on down and let's meet in the middle. And we need to listen and we need to act. And when we do, there will be peace. Amen.